0: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary, DW, void prohibited by law, see terms and conditions,
1: 18 plus.
2: Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call
3: 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com.
2: Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional
3: details. I'd like to take a moment and have a real heart-to-heart with you. If you're able right now, place your hand over your heart can you feel it? That's your heartbeat telling you that you're alive. It's the same for a preborn baby. Their heart begins to form at conception, and at just three weeks, it's already beating. At five weeks, a baby's heartbeat can be heard on ultrasound. And that's why we've partnered with Preborn, because we need to help these precious babies. Every day, Preborn's networks of clinics rescue 200 babies from abortion. And say the keyword, baby. That's pound 250, keyword baby. You can also donate securely at preborn.com slash verdict. That's preborn.com slash verdict or pound 250 and say the keyword, baby. Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot power generators. So go to the number four, patriots.com slash verdict to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included for free. Go right now to the number four, patriots.com slash verdict.
4: We are in the early stages of a new presidential administration, which can only mean one thing. Russia is planning to invade a sovereign state. According to news reports, according to defense ministers abroad, the tanks could start rolling in as little as a month. This is Verdict with Ted Cruz. Omaha Omaha Steaks
1: is a proud sponsor of Verdict with Ted Cruz. The holidays are right around the corner, and we know gifting is tricky. Omaha Steaks makes it easy to send friends and family what is sure to be an unforgettable gift. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter the code CACTUS into the search bar to order the perfect gift package. This special holiday offer includes over 20 entrees to share with friends and family this holiday season. Some fan favorites are the bacon-wrapped filet mignons, gourmet jumbo franks, chicken breasts, sides, and desserts. Plus, you'll save over 50% and get 8 free burgers by typing CACTUS into the search bar. These burgers are basically a steak between buns, and eight of them are totally free with this offer. Visit omahasteaks.com, enter Cactus into the search bar, and save over 50% when you order the perfect gift package, plus get eight free Omaha Steaks burgers. Incredible flavor, incredible value, 100% guaranteed. That's omahasteaks.com, and enter Cactus into the search bar.
5: Verdict with Ted Cruz is sponsored by Stamps.com. If you're looking for ways to skip the trip to the post office and dodge all that hectic holiday shopping traffic, why not save time and money with Stamps.com? Stamps.com lets you compare rates, print labels, and access exclusive discounts on UPS and USPS services all year long. Here at Soundfront, we use Stamps.com to send you merch like that sweet, sweet cactus hat to do business on the road, and to save time and money. It just makes sense, especially if your business sends more mail and packages during the holidays. Whether you're selling online, or running an office, or a side hustle, Stamps.com can save you so much time, money, and stress during the holidays. And get discounts on post office and UPS shipping services without making the trip. Discounts you can't find anywhere else, like up to 40% off USPS rates and 76% off UPS. Going to the post office instead of using Stamps.com is kind of like taking the stairs instead of the elevator. If you spend more than a few minutes a week dealing with mail and shipping, Stamps.com is a lifesaver. So save time and money this holiday season with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code VERDICT for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, free postage, and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code VERDICT. VERDICT with Ted Cruz is also sponsored by American Hartford Gold. I'm sure I'm not the only one who's noticed everything is getting expensive. We are in the biggest economic crisis since 2008 with a government that's printing trillions and trillions of dollars. Consumer prices are the highest we've seen in 30 years. Inflation is certainly here to stay. And if the government continues its out-of-control printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as a world reserve currency. So how do you protect your money? your retirement and your savings? Well, American Hartford Gold can show you how to hedge your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. They'll even help move your existing IRA or 401k out of the volatile stock market into a precious metals IRA. And they make it easy. They're the highest rated firm in the country with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied clients. And if you call them right now, they will give you up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. So don't wait. Call them right now. Call 855-768-1883. That's 855-768-1883 or text CACTUS to 65532. Again, that's 855-768-1883 or text CACTUS to 65532.
4: Welcome back to verdict with Ted Cruz. I am Michael Knowles having deja vu all over again.
5: Hold hold on just a second, Michael. Hold on just a second. Let let me jump in here because I think there's another very important topic that we might want to touch on right here at the top of the show. So if I may, Senator um, Jimmy Kimmel, can can we address this for just a second? Because Jimmy Kimmel has been going after you for about a week now. Yes, we're laughing because um, our viewers are probably aware of this. Um, He's been tweeting out some kind of disturbing disgusting images of you well what do you make of this what is going on here
2: uh well look uh, jimmy may be a, a a russian communist uh at a minimum he's clearly disturbed and 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 you know i'm kind of reminded of of, of the mean girls meme you're kind of obsessed with me um every night jimmy <laughs> kimmel seems to be hitting me in his monologue he put out this really horrific photoshopped image of my head on this fat dude's naked body who is straddling an enormous hot dog, which which I, I don't know if this is like some homoerotic fantasy he has. It, it's a little frightening. I, I guess I should be flattered that it is a ginormous hot dog, but but it <laughs> I, I don't understand why this exists in the Twitter sphere. Um, I will say, though, that I do have a standard policy, which is every time Jimmy hits me, and it seems to be... A regular, uh, a regular occasion, I respond by simply observing that, that when Jimmy and I last saw each other, we played basketball. We played one-on-one hoops, and long and short of it, and actually long of it because it was a really long and ugly game, but the long and short of it is I kicked his ass, and so I've had some fun putting out a highlight video uh, entitled Buckets and Blocks, uh, that consists of, of of me hitting jump shots, driving to the lane, driving left, driving right, scoring on him, and then the blocks are just rejecting the hell out of his shots, one after the other after the other. A few times I foul the hell out of him too, but it it is um, it is a wonderful reminder that that that. And by the way, that that game came to pass. We actually raised eighty thousand dollars for charity to play that game. Uh, but neither one of us wanted to lose and, and well, one of us did. And, and Jimmy seems to be having a really hard time getting over it.
5: Yeah, this is a pretty extreme case of sour grapes. Uh, I think mixing that with, uh, his ideology and man, like, I think the word you used is correct. It was uh, pretty disturbing, pretty disgusting. <laughs> the things that he's posting on Twitter.
2: It's, um, y- you know, I have to say the, the, um, the game was interesting because he didn't have a sense of humor about it. He, he was, like, really serious. And, like, when we walked out on the court, we played at TSU, Texas Southern University. 6,000 people came out to watch the game. I mean, it, it, and it was as we're walking out there, he comes out to confetti cannons and, like, loud music. And we had, you know, Gus Johnson and Isaiah Thomas and were broadcasting the event. Uh, but, but as we're walking out, he turns to me and says, prepare to be humiliated. <laughs> And and it was not uh, it, it was not in jest. It, it it was like Ivan Drago and Rocky IV, uh, going you know if he dies he dies. That 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 was essentially his 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 sentiment. And and uh, I I think he thought he was going to have a great time dominating me, and and that that is not in fact what happened. Now, I will say one of the ESPN announcers had a point. He said. If Dr. Naismith had seen what happened here tonight, he would have invented a different game. It was an ugly game of basketball. Uh, But a W is a W is a W. And uh, poor Jimmy's got to live with that the rest of his life.
5: Yeah, well, I think that's that's where we leave that. I mean, he can do his sour grapes on Twitter, but you've always got that win in your pockets.
4: All right, Liz, we'll see you uh, back at the end of the show to get into the mailbag. And frankly, I... I see why you had to get to that topic first because, as disturbing as the invasion by Russia of a, another country is, nothing could possibly be as disturbing as that photo on the hot dog from Jimmy Kimmel's account. So, uh, we will see you at the end of the show. Now, Senator, into an, another disturbing topic. Th- this is real. I yeah. mean, this is not just uh, a more media hype about something. Uh, we know that Vladimir Putin invaded Georgia during the Bush administration. We know he invaded Crimea during the Obama administration. Now it appears that he is poised to go into Ukraine again. How credible is this? What does the timeline look like? And why are we supposed to care? What are we supposed to
2: do about it? Yeah, so so it is it is very credible. Uh, the timeline is short. So there are right now over 100,000 Russian to- troops massed on the border of Ukraine. Uh, and those numbers are growing. They're growing on a daily basis. And and uh, the Biden administration over the past several days has declassified documents that suggest we could see an invasion of Ukraine as early as, as the beginning of next year, as January or February of next year. Um, you know. There, there are several points, and this stuff is complicated. But you know, in many ways, we're getting back to to, to really the the origins of verdict when we started. You know, our very first episode, yeah. in in the, the basement in the bowels of D.C. and on the the first impeachment trial, uh, was explaining Ukraine and Burisma and impeachment and natural gas mm. and all of that. And you remember one of our first episodes? We said, all right, well, what is Ukraine? Let's let's start with that. You know, Ukraine is a country. It is a country that, 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 that is to, to the west of Russia. Uh, it is a country that used to be to the to part of the Soviet Union. And when the Soviet Union broke out, it's one of many countries that became its own independent country. Um, why does Russia want to invade Ukraine? The, the simple answer, Vladimir Putin's been very candid about it. He has said that he considers the dissolution of the Soviet Union to be the single greatest geopolitical disaster of the 20th century. He wants to reassemble the Soviet Union, he has, he has images of Russian greatness and Soviet greatness, and he wants to restore that. Uh, and that means he wants to conquer his neighbors. Now, why is this happening now? Some of it is testing a new president, and you're absolutely right that Russia and all of our enemies test a new president. Some of it is a response to Biden's incredible weakness and ineffectiveness in Afghanistan and the disastrous withdrawal and surrender there which we've talked about on verdict, made every enemy of America much more likely to engage in aggression against us because they took a measure of the man in the Oval Office and determined Joe Biden is unlikely to do anything about it. But there's another cause here, which we've talked about before on verdict, and, but I think it is worth drilling down in some detail. And that cause of, of, of this Russian hostility is a decision Joe Biden personally made to surrender to Russia on Nord Stream 2, a natural gas pipeline Mm -hmm. that Russia is building from Russia to Germany. And that decision, Biden took what had been a a foreign policy victory that we had won, and he turned it into a loss. And that is the direct but-for cause of why Russia is prepared to invade Ukraine. Now... Let's start with what does a pipeline have to do with Ukraine? Because that that's not immediately evident to someone who is analyzing it and thinking through it.
4: Well, I, I remember I had this thought when you when you brought it up, Senator, and we we've talked about it a little bit yeah. on this show. But I I would like because, because it's things seem to be coming to a head. So I I do want to be able to understand this. But I think uh, I, I think there's this question of. As Barack Obama said, why do I care if Russia exerts influence in its traditional sphere of influence? What do I care about uh, Ukraine? I don't know anything. Most people, as you point out, probably don't even know where Ukraine is right. on a map. And, and what does it have to do with this pipeline? I guess I care about pipelines because I care when gas goes through the roof like it is doing right now. But, but wh- where,
2: where is the interest for the average American yep. citizen? So Vladimir Putin is a bully. He's a thug. He's a tyrant. He commits murder and torture and lies and oppression on a regular basis. And he wants to dominate his neighbors. He wants to rebuild the Soviet Union. Now, look, we spent decades fighting a Cold War. The Soviet Union was a very dangerous adversary. It's not in America's interest to see Putin rebuild the Soviet Union. It's not in America's interest to see an enemy who wants to defeat us gets stronger and more powerful. Uh, When it comes to energy, there's a second component of it, which is that Putin uses energy to blackmail Europe, uh, to to force Europe to do what he wants. And, And, you know, there's a phrase that John McCain used to use that I think is a really apt phrase, which is that Russia is a gas station with a country attached which is the source of Putin's money that he uses Mm. to pay his army, to buy his tanks, to buy his missiles, to develop the nuclear weapons he has pointed at you right now in Nashville, pointed at every major country in America. The source of that money is energy selling oil and gas. Now, 2014 was the last time Putin invaded Ukraine. And he invaded a a section of Ukraine called Crimea. Um, But then he stopped. He didn't go all the way into Ukraine. He didn't invade the entire country. He didn't go into the, the capital, which, you know, the capital, everyone used to pronounce it Kiev- and and now it's it's considered, I guess, more uh, enlightened to pronounce it Kiev. So I have to refer to one of my favorite dinners as chicken Kiev. Apparently, not chicken Kiev. I, uh, right. uh, apparently, whether it's one syllable or two, I, I will leave that to the linguists. Um, but the reason he didn't march into all of Ukraine is right now the principal route that Russia uses to get its natural gas to Europe is going through ukraine is pipelines that go right through the middle of ukraine and ukraine makes a bunch of money on these pipelines because it's how they send russian gas to europe to heat their homes to provide energy for their homes and right so putin faced the risk if he if he sent tanks into the heart of ukraine if he invaded kiev that that those pipelines could be destroyed that they that they could lose their ability to get their gas to market and it protected Ukraine's safety and security. So what did Putin do in response? Well, the very next year, 2015, is when he began building the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. And basically what he said is, all right, I don't want to have to go through Ukraine to get my gas to Europe, so let's build a pipeline that goes underwater and goes directly from Russia to Germany, that cuts Ukraine out of of the, the, the process So then we can march into Ukraine and they can't do a damn thing about it. Well, he began building that pipeline. It took a lot of time. Uh, As we got to 2019, the pipeline was nearly complete. And, And I have been the leading voice, the leading actor in the Senate to stop this pipeline. Because this pipeline, if built, if online... Gives Putin billions of dollars to attack Americans, attack our allies. I want Putin weak, and I want him not aggressive and hostile. So, in the summer of 2019, I introduced legislation in the Senate uh, to sanction the the companies that were building Nord Stream Two. It was bipartisan legislation. I got brought together, Republicans, Democrats, passed it through the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, passed it through the entire Senate, passed it through the entire Congress, and President Trump signed it into law. Now, here's something amazing, Michael. They were building the pipeline. They were actively rushing, trying to complete the pipeline. It was about 90% complete. When President Trump signed the sanctions into law, They stopped building the pipeline that day, not the next day, not a week Mm. later, not a month later, the day the sanctions were signed into law. And they were designed because they would have bankrupted any company that continued to build the pipeline. So what happens next? This is December of 2019. The pipeline lays dormant for over a year. Uh, By the way, one of the talking points today is, well, it was 90 percent done. It was 90 percent done. Well, that's true but a 90% done pipeline is 0% right. done. It doesn't work till you connect both ends and turn it on. Um, unless the unless the oil is going to jump out and make it that last 10%, uh, then it's useless. Yep. So for over a year, we had defeated this pipeline. We had won. It was a massive bipartisan victory over Russia. It was a victory for Europe. It was a victory for Ukraine. And it was a victory for America. Then Joe Biden comes to office and the Biden foreign policy team, number one, their view towards bullies and enemies of America is weakness, is weakness towards the Taliban and Afghanistan, weakness towards the Chinese communists, weakness towards Iran and weakness towards Russia. But number two, they really elevate Germany in their foreign policy. I, you know, I've joked that, that, that the Biden foreign policy team uh, ha, has votive candles of Angela Merkel under their beds at night. Uh, that, that They just <laughs> they 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 worship uh, Merkel for whatever reason. And Germany wants the pipeline. So. Biden reversed course and surrendered on these sanctions and here it, it's really quite amazing. The pipeline is stopped the day Trump signs the sanctions in December of 2019. Joe Biden is sworn into office January 20th, 2021. Do you know what day Biden be- or Putin begins building the pipeline again? What day? January 24th, 2021. Four days after oh. Biden puts his hand on the Bible... Putin begins building the pipeline.
4: What, what, you've, what you've drawn here that I did not appreciate before, it, I, obviously I understood there's some connection here between this pipeline and, and what Russia's doing in Ukraine, but the pipeline is a symbol. It's a physical representation of the imperial ambitions of Vladimir Putin. The, the whole point of the pipeline, other than saving a little bit of money, I guess, is to free up Russia to go pursue whatever imperial ambitions It has in Ukraine. So you kill the pipeline, you kill or at least seriously dampen the imperial ambitions. And if you give the okay on the pipeline,
2: you are tacitly giving the okay on Russia going into Ukraine. Michael, that's exactly right. And it's a point that I made repeatedly. It's a point that that senators, both Republicans and Democrats, made over and over and over again. It's also a point that was made by Ukraine and Poland. So this summer, when when Biden formally surrendered to Putin and and waived the sanctions that were part of U.S. law, um, Ukraine and Poland put out a joint statement condemning that decision and saying giving in to Nord Stream 2 uh, creates a grave security threat against Ukraine and Central Europe because once the pipeline is on, Putin can, can drive the tanks in, into Ukraine and not worry about whether they destroy their pipeline or not because he has another way to get the gas to market. The amazing thing is, so where are we now? On the pipeline, the pipeline is now complete. So, so Biden surrendered, allowed Putin to complete it, but it's not on yet. And the reason it's hmm. not on is before it can be turned on, it has to go through certification. It has to go through the final regulatory approval in Europe before they can turn the pipeline on, which means Biden can stop this right now uh, if he hmm. simply follows the law. So he has waived the sanctions. He could revoke the waiver. And so, you know, earlier today, we had testimony in front of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee from Victoria Nuland, who is the undersecretary of state. And I asked her directly, could President Biden today impose sanctions on Nord Stream 2 by simply revoking his waiver? She said, yes, he could do it today. If you want to stop Russian tanks from driving in into Ukraine and conquering them, Joe Biden needs to bring out a damn pen and piece of paper and impose the sanctions that Congress has mandated, but he doesn't want to do it. And so Democrats are playing the blame game. It's amazing. You, you know, you asked why should we care about Ukraine? Listen, let me be clear. We shouldn't send American troops to go defend Ukraine. I have no interest in sending American soldiers or sailors or airmen or marines to be in harm's way to go fight the Russian army. That's a bad idea. But we've got enormous leverage. These sanctions are using American economic power to stop military tyrants from dominating Europe and threatening America. And we should use them. We should also be providing lethal def- defensive weapons to ukraine ukraine wants to defend themselves but russia's got a lot better uh weaponry a lot better equipment yeah. than that than ukraine does and ukraine i i went and visited ukraine uh back in in 2014 and 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 went to the uh maiden square where where you had protesters who were being shot in the square when they were standing up and and The people of Ukraine want to be allied with America. They want to be allied with the West. They want to be allied with Europe. They don't want to be subject to to Putin and Russia's domination, and it's in our interest for them to be an ally. And so, but you know what? Joe Biden and the Democrats canceled the sale of lethal defensive military equipment to Ukraine, so they're not even Hmm. helping the Ukrainians defend themselves and if Biden doesn't change course, I think it is the odds are high that within 90 days, Russia will have invaded and, and sadly, in all likelihood, conquered Ukraine and, and taken a major step towards reassembling the Soviet Union because Joe Biden is too weak to stand up to Putin. It It, it is astounding. This is a scary prospect, obviously,
4: but it's very important and people should bookmark this episode if you're listening to it, because what you're saying is right now, it's not too late. Joe Biden can't Correct. just say, well, whoopsie-daisy, there was nothing I could do. It is not too late. There are actually concrete measures he could take right now that could stop this, that could prevent this, this next step in Russia's imperial ambitions. As usual, of course, we're running late, but I do have to get to one story before we get to the mailbag, and it's on this very same point of not too late. There are things we can do right now to maintain our way of life and protect protect our freedoms and our rights there was a move by democrats and unfortunately some republicans i saw went along with this during the debate over the national defense authorization act that would draft women that would that would create this this system where women could be drafted potentially to go die overseas we touched on it when this was being debated on the show I, i just had a visceral reaction to it I thought, this is so disgusting. This is so backwards. What, what kind of a country? It, America is basically safe, basically wealthy, basically secure, and we're going to drag our daughters and send them overseas and draft? I thought, what reasonable person could ever get behind this? But it looked like it was a done deal, and then just in the past few days, you and some of your colleagues – sponsored and co-sponsored an amendment to rip this out of the NDAA. And that appears to be successful.
2: Well, look, that's exactly right. And it's it's for over a decade. There's been this effort to try to make girls and women subject to the draft, subject to to being forced into the military against their wishes. And, And it is driven by the Democrats. The Democrats emphatically want to be able to draft our daughters. And sadly, there are a bunch of compliant Republicans that are scared to stand up to it. They think, oh, well, well, if I say we shouldn't draft our daughter, somehow I don't like women. What utter yeah. garbage. Listen, I, I've got two daughters. If, if If my girls want to serve in the military, God bless them. I will encourage them. I will cheer them on. That is a choice that is open to them. If they decide they want to serve in that capacity, bravo. That's their choice. But there's a difference between... Opening up our military, we have men and women who serve honorably voluntarily and forcibly conscripting a woman and putting her in harm's way when there are it's real sick. biological differences between men and women. Um, and and, and to, to force women into the military, into combat against their wishes is putting them at, at, at real risk are there some women that are badasses? Are there some women that, that, that could whip your butt or whip my butt? Sure. But, <laughs> but probably not every woman. Um, I'm confident, Michael, there is at least some woman who you could beat arm wrestling. I, I hope so. I
4: appreciate your confidence <laughs> in me, Senator. I'm not uh, totally sure, but uh, thank you for the compliment. I, I, I,
2: I'm with you. I, I believe in you on that. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, this battle, and I got to say... It was really looking looking bad that 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 the Democrats were ramming this through that that half of the Republicans were surrendering on this and there's a long history on this issue so I got to tell you I've been fighting against this for for nine years and on the Senate Armed Services Committee you know one of the biggest proponents of drafting our daughters was John McCain John McCain loved the idea and he was. Chairman of the Senate Armed Services Committee. I was on the Armed Services Committee, and I would battle him. I'd argue and yell, and McCain would curse at you. I mean, he, was, he had a temper, and he would yell and curse, and we, we had some epic battles.
4: Uh, I seem to recall he said some uh, not, not very polite
2: things about you on, on occasion every uh, he, now and again. He, he, he called me a wacko bird. I thought that was a, a particularly <laughs> nice. In fact, uh, I, so I had uh, some activists who gave me a baseball cap with Wacko Bird written on it and a picture of of Daffy Duck. Um, (laughs) But so so what would happen every year in the Senate Armed Services Committee is he would fight for it, ram it through, and he would get enough Republicans to go along with the Democrats that he would succeed in that. But I would work with conservatives in the House, and we'd pull it out. And so I won Hmm. those battles year after year after year, much to his volcanic rage. He was furious about it. So there's an interesting story on this, Michael. So beginning Mm -hmm. of 2017, Donald Trump's the new president. He nominates to be the general counsel of the army, a guy named Ryan Newman. Now, Ryan is a great guy. He he was my chief counsel in the Senate. Uh, Ryan was a West Point graduate, served in the army, was a captain in the army. Uh, Ryan clerked on the U.S. Supreme Court for uh, Justice Alito, Uh, Ryan was a student of mine at the University of Texas Law School. So when I was teaching Supreme Court litigation, he he was one of my very best students. Uh, And so I was very enthusiastic when President Trump nominated Ryan to be the general counsel of the Army. So Ryan's hearing, his confirmation hearing is set. The day before his hearing, he goes in to meet with the chairman of the Armed Services Committee, John McCain. And he sits down in in McCain's office and and McCain asks him says Ryan what are your views on drafting women Uh. and and Ryan gave exactly the right answer for a lawyer nominated to that job and he says Senator that that is a policy decision for Congress to make Uh, Congress is elected to make that policy decision if I was confirmed as general counsel of the army I would implement whatever policy decision Congress made, which is exactly the right answer. McCain looks at him and goes, Bullshit! I want your personal views. And Ryan says, Well, sir, personally, I think it's a bad idea. McCain looks at him and says, Get the hell out of my office. Throws him out of his office. Wow! Cancels his hearing the next day. And for the next couple of months, McCain refused to have a hearing with him, and ultimately the Trump White House withdrew the nomination, and they named him instead Deputy General Counsel at the Department of Defense, which doesn't require a Senate confirmation. So McCain was so pissed off about the fact that I had been leading the fight for years against his efforts to draft our daughters— that he torpedoed an incredibly qualified guy's nomination to be general counsel of the Army because he was mad at him, and he was really mad at me. And I got to say, you know, John McCain was an incredible war hero, but he may be rolling over in his grave because, once again, we've beaten the efforts of the bad guys to try to draft (laughs) our daughters and force them into combat
4: that is great stuff you know i'm sure having professor Cruz on the old cv may not have helped your friend very much (laughs) in this meeting with senator mccain but but this is this is really great stuff and i i didn't know that i didn't realize that mccain had been pushing so hard for that there are a number of republicans who were pushing for it Uh, frankly i found it disqualifying i just I, i i i felt if you were of the view that we should forcibly draft america's daughters You just don't get it. There's just something has gone wrong in your political vision. I did not think that we were going to be able to get it out this time. I thought that the Democrats had succeeded. And so seriously, I mean this. I I hate I hate to give a sincere compliment on the show, but great stuff. Just kudos. Thank you. Great stuff. I am so glad that you and some of your colleagues were able to pull this out and do the right thing Absolutely wonderful. Should we bring this? Uh, this is too nice. I feel I feel awkward being this nice. Shall we bring Liz back on Absolutely. to get to a
2: little bit of mailbag before we go? By the way, sp- speaking of someone who could beat both of us arm wrestling, Liz. <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> well we we'll, we'll have to we'll have to save that at least for episode 100. we can we can't pull that out in episode 98. But Michael you might have to continue to feel awkward for just another second because I do have to echo what you were saying Senator Cruz on behalf of my daughter, I thank you for fighting this fight. It's the right thing to do and it's a politically incorrect fight in you know this era of critical gender theory that the left is trying to force on all of our children but uh, but I sincerely I, I sincerely thank you for fighting this fight on behalf of America's daughter AND MY OWN DAUGHTER. Um, that being said, we have great questions from our verdict plus community tonight from our subscribers over on verdict plus and anybody who is not already a subscriber on verdict plus, we have a great deal between now and Christmas. You can become an annual subscriber for the very low, very cheap amount of money, $56 a year. This is basically the cheapest that you'll ever see it. So please join us over there. If you want exclusive access to the Senator, to be able to ask questions to Michael and to the Senator on, um, on these episodes. So, Senator Cruz, the first question is, of course, from, for you, from Flo Brenton. This is a pretty interesting one. She says, I love verdict. But right now, Nancy Pelosi is abusing her position with her January 6th Soviet-style commission. The DOJ is at her beck and call. I cannot enjoy the entertainment of verdict, Flo says, while our Constitution is being torn to shreds and not a single Republican congressman or senator is stepping up to the plate to protect us. This is disgraceful. It's time to take care of business. So, Senator Cruz, my question is, how do you address this anger that's not just felt by Flo, but by the American yeah. people um, regarding how the Democrats are hand- handling the January 6th commission?
2: Well, listen, Flo is exactly right, that what Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats are doing is a sham. It it, it is a political kangaroo court. Um, This is a a commission set up in in Congress that is all Democrats. Uh, and, And then when when Kevin McCarthy, the leader of House Republicans, named some Republicans to it, Nancy Pelosi said, no, you can't have the Republicans you want. And so she she put Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger on there instead which, when you have a Democratic speaker picking who she wants, let me tell you, the conclusions are already decided. This is a political operation. The conclusions are that every Republican in America is a terrorist, and the only hope for America is for Democrats to rule us as our benevolent dictators for the next thousand years. That's the conclusion of the Nancy Pelosi January 6th Commission, that is, designed to be the conclusion, it is the purpose of the show trial, Um, and it is consistent with the abuse of power we've seen from the Democrats. You know, I will say Flo's question talked about the Department of Justice and their abuse of power, and you're right that this is an incredibly political Department of Justice. Um, I can tell you that that I I, for one, am doing everything humanly possible to try to hold DOJ to account, to hold the Attorney General to account, to shine a light on their abuse of power, to shine a light on on their partisan and political witch hunts and and persecution of people for their, their political views, including free speech, whether it is targeting parents for going to school boards and speaking out or targeting people on January 6th who engaged in peaceful protest. That is protected by the Constitution. Violence is not. If someone engaged in violence on January 6th or any other day of the year, if you violently assault a police officer, I don't care if your politics are right-wing or left-wing. I don't care where you fall. If you engage in violence, you should be prosecuted. But the Democrats are cynically using those that did engage in violence as an excuse to target and go after the political speech of millions of Americans they just happen to disagree with, and it is a total abuse of power. And I agree; we need to do everything we can to hold them accountable.
5: It is disappointing, too. I think to see you know the Republicans Cheney and Kinsinger acting like Democrats when they have a responsibility to their constituents and to the American people to make sure that the DOJ isn't abusing their power, but they're they're not living up to that responsibility. So the next question is from our tried and true friend here on Verdict. This is Real Truth Cactus. She asks, what happened at the school in Michigan was terrible. I do think on a legal level, it is strange that they're pursuing charges against the parents. She asks, has this ever been done before? Do you think it will set a legal precedent to press charges against the parents of children who commit violent acts?
2: Well, it's it's a good question, and, and, and we don't know all of the facts of what happened there. It was a horrific school shooting of, of yet another troubled teenage boy who t- took a gun to school and, and opened fire on his classmates, and we've seen far too many of those horrifically across the country. I, I've seen too many of those in in the state of Texas. I, I was at the Santa Fe High School just outside of Houston on, on the morning of that horrific shooting, and Santa Fe High School is less than an hour from my house, so I was there within minutes after the shooting, and, and it was, it remains one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. We've seen far too many of these. Um whether the parents can and should be held to account depends on the facts and circumstances of what happened, and it also depends on what the state law is. Uh, my understanding is, in this circumstance, that the parents uh, had, had purchased the firearms, had kept them in, in uh, an unlocked uh, drawer, I believe, where, where the, their teenage son could access them, and it also appears from some of the back and forth that the parents had good reason uh, to know, or at least very seriously suspect, that this was a deeply troubled child uh, who could well be a danger to others. And and if those are the facts, uh, I think there are a lot of states, Michigan and others, where parents could be held liable if 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 you. You know, I'm a gun owner, but I keep I keep our firearms locked up because I don't want our our kids accessing our, our firearms. And I think responsible gun owners uh, that that that's what we do is we, we don't want to see children, particularly young children, playing with guns, having an accidental shooting. Uh, lots of bad things can happen when kids have have access and unrestricted access to guns. All the more so, depending on the facts of what the parents knew about their son and and. If there were, from the early discussions, the texts that were going back and forth between the shooter and his mom, it certainly seems like the parents knew that this was a a very unstable and very dangerous kid, and 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 I would say that that there's a fairly longstanding principle, certainly of civil liability, but even of criminal liability, if you are recklessly allowing firearms to fall into the hands of a child under your care who you have reason to know is a danger to others.
4: Senator, that answer was absolutely outrageous because uh, you have violated the rule of modern political discourse. You didn't make it completely reductive and simplistic. (laughs) And so I think what everyone is expecting is you need someone to say absolutely 100 percent ban all guns, repeal the Second Amendment and throw anyone who owns a gun in the clink. Or, you know, you can do whatever you want with your gun and you can leave 20 rifles on the roof of your home and with big signs that say, come take this rifle right here. But of course, that's not the case. There is such a thing as prudence. And our liberties require that we exercise them with prudence. And so I, I think that's a, a terrific way to view it. And it's obviously it's going to change state by state. And political activists are going to try to exploit these events as often they do to, to score whatever ideological point they have. But, but what's much more interesting than those shallow ideological points are the details or the facts and the, the questions of, of prudence.
5: Right, because the mother the mother allegedly texted her son, don't do it. As, she, as soon as she heard it on the news, the father reportedly um, called, called the police and reported that his gun was missing. He said he suspected that it was his son that was shooting. So these parents had some awareness. It also mm-hmm. should spark the conversation, not just about the laws that are currently on the books, but how should this be handled if parents are aware of yep. this? Are they culpable? Should they be liable? What should... Uh, what should the laws be? And that that's a policy discussion that politicians should have, as well as talking about the diversionary, the diversionary policies that some of these schools have implemented when yes. they see red flags from these students, including violent drawings and violent comments and how they handle that outside of the criminal justice system.
2: Now, look, I think that's exactly right. And, and you look at some of these shootings, you look at the shooting in, in Parkland in Florida, And there were all sorts of warning signs that that shooter, and by the way, one one thing is a, a consistent policy matter I do. I will not say the names of any of these shooters. These evil bastards who commit mass murder, they want their names to go down in infamy, and I very consciously will never repeat their names because I'm not interested in giving them that infamy. But the Parkland shooter, there were multiple interactions with law enforcement. And, and Liz, you pointed out a policy that politicians have put in place that when you had people that engage in acts of violence and threats against fellow students and the schools cover it up and the schools don't report it to law enforcement and the schools don't treat it seriously, it has the potential of escalating and, and putting the lives of other students at, at, at real risk.
5: Right. And that'll be that'll certainly be interesting to watch unfold in the case of what happened in Michigan, because the student apparently had um, had had been called into the office for making violent comments. And the school told his parents to get him counseling. Now, we don't know all the details of whether that should have been escalated to law enforcement, but there were certainly those red flags. Um, Senator, the next question is um, from Brent. Brent asks about a video that has gotten quite a bit of attention online. It's of Congressman Dan Crenshaw throwing shade at the Freedom Caucus. Um, Like I said, this has made the rounds. Um, Interesting comments from Congressman Crenshaw here. What is your what is your stance on this video, on the comments from Congressman Crenshaw?
2: Uh, Listen, I've I've seen the video. Um, I don't agree with what Dan had to say. Um, I like Dan. I I like him personally. I think he's uh, he's talented. I'm certainly grateful for his his service to our nation. He, He lost an eye defending the nation. I'm grateful for that. Um, and he's a charismatic guy. He's he's got a sense of humor. He's got some some verve, and he's w- willing to fight. All of those are good things. Um, you know, in this video, he's he's singing the praises of Adam Kinzinger, and he's crapping all over the Freedom Caucus. I I think that's pretty misguided. Um, I think Kinzinger has gone completely off the rails. Um, and there's a reason that he's not running for re-election because Kinzinger couldn't get re-elected, and and I think the Freedom Caucus, they are. Consistently, the strongest conservatives in Congress, and you know it's there is a particular contempt uh, that 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 some congressional moderates have for for conservatives who actually follow through on their promises. And you know it was interesting. I think the, the the phrase that that Dan used, he said, "Well, there are performance politicians and there are legislators. It is always a problem whenever you see someone." use a word like legislator, and their voice always drops an octave. I I don't know why, but it's much more serious when it's a legislator. What they mean is someone who's going to cut a bunch of deals with Democrats and give in. What they mean are the kind of Republicans who voted with the Democrats on the big infrastructure bill that just came in. That's what they mean. And and actually, the other phrase, he didn't use it, but I was kind of surprised he didn't. The other phrase that, that, that you see congressional mods they love to use is they say there are workhorses and show horses, And what's a show horse? A showhorse is anyone who actually does what they promised their constituents they would do as compared to the workhorses who suck up to the Democrats and do what the Democrats want them to do. And, um, you know, look, I, I guess it is easy sometimes for people to fall into that rhetoric. I, I think Dan was wrong in this one. There, there's also
4: just an easy trap that un- unfortunately some... I, I know a number of my conservatives, have, uh, conservative friends, have fallen into which is, and especially this is true in D.C. You you start to to believe the things that you hear everyone talking about, and so if if you hear constantly that Liz Cheney is this great Republican leader or Adam Kinzinger even more ridiculous, if you hear it enough and you're surrounded by it, you you kind of start to believe it, or at least some people do, and I just think that. As you said, Senator, a little earlier when we were talking about the January 6th committee, the purpose of Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger in Congress right now is to do what Democrats want them to do. They might have an R next to their name, but their actual utility at the crucial fights is to act as the sort of court jesters in the kingdom of liberalism. That's why they'll go on CNN. They won't generally go on the conservative channels. And so it's... It, talk about a performance uh, that we're seeing. Talk about showboating. That that to me is the most spectacular, sensationalist performance of them all. And you can see it on CNN. And when <laughs> when you look at the Republicans who are constantly on CNN bashing other Republicans, that uh, to me those are
2: the real the real performance. Well, and and their their purpose is is even more than that. It's to be a beard. It, it it's to cover up what's going yeah. on. This is a kangaroo court. And, and they're there because they have an R after their name, and, and, and it's to dress it up as something it is not so that, so that it has some modicum of credibility. And, and listen, the reality of it is going to be Kinzinger is not running for re-election because he couldn't get re-elected. I think Liz Cheney is extremely likely to be beaten uh, in her primary because she has basically told Republicans and conservatives in the state of Wyoming, piss off. And and I think in a little over a year, both of them uh, will be regular contributors on MSNBC. And so they're auditioning right. for MSNBC right now, um, and 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 that's that's not exactly that, that that is not exactly worthy of dropping your voices uh, to uh, your voice two octaves and calling them great legislators as a result.
4: That's right. This is the feeling you have. It's like when you, when you see a, a friend of yours making any kind of decision that you don't think is a great one. You say, no, Dan, get away from Kinsinger. Don't don't do it. Don't 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 believe the lies, because we're, we're talking about truth and lies. I, I generally find that when I tune into CNN, I'm seeing a lot of lies. And when I tune into CNN, I tend to see a lot of Adam Kinzinger. You know
2: what you're not saying when you tune into CNN? Chris Cuomo. That's, <laughs> 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 oh, it's too soon, Senator. <laughs> It's too soon. But
5: oh, my goodness. It's so right. It's also the only reason that I'm the only reason that I'm grateful for videos like this is because it shows us as the voters the true character of the people who are supposed to represent us. so it better informs our vote. so i'm I'm disappointed. Um, in, in what Crenshaw said, of course. But it does it does show us a little bit of his decision-making process or his judgment. And for better or for worse, we do need to know that as the voters. Um, on that note, if there is anybody on a college campus across the country who wants to bring verdict with Ted Cruz, the senator, with Michael Knowles, um, to their campus this coming spring, submit your application by December 15th. You can apply at yaf.org slash verdict. That is yaf.org slash verdict to bring verdict live to your college campus. It's a great old time. Um, December 15th is the deadline though. So submit those applications very very soon.
4: Excellent. Thank you Liz. And Senator, I am so glad that you got to the most delightful news story where there's a lot of heavy news stories today, you know, talking about uh, what's going on in Russia, how there a little bit of hope there is still time maybe to stop things if Biden will stand up and do it. The wins that we've had where we're pulling some of our conservative friends back from the precipice. But the most delightful story is that the House of Cuomo has fallen. It's, it's you know, it reminds us there's
2: always a, a little silver lining in the storm clouds of politics. Michael, I will note one of my favorite words, foreign words, is schadenfreude, uh, the German word for, <laughs> for taking pleasure in the suffering of others. And, and I'll suggest mm-hmm. perhaps a, a, a slight tweak to that, which is let us revel in schadenfredo. Taking joy in the suffering (laughs) of Fredo Cuomo, the troubled younger brother who I believe was last seen in a rowboat on Lake Tahoe saying Hail Mary, and now he is on CNN no more.
4: A legislator, a basketball champion, and a linguist as well. (laughs) Senator, thank you very much. I'm Michael Knowles. This is Verdict with Ted Cruz.
5: So I tried to get the great and powerful Jay Hay to draw a cactus on the vestiboard for uh, this, little, this little bit that we're doing, but he could not produce. So let me just tell you, we have a 20% off sale on the Verdict merch store right now. You can get one of those sweet, sweet cactus hats. I would put one on for you to model it, but I'm a little vain of my hair today. I think I'm having a pretty good hair day, so I didn't want to mess it up. But go over to VerdictWithTedCruise.com shop, and if you use the promo code Santa, then you will get 20% off the entire shop um, between now and Christmas, 20% off. That's a really good deal. We have T-shirts, we have cactus merch, we have hats, we have all kinds of cool stuff over there. Between now and Christmas, you get the great deal, 20% off. If you use the promo code SANTA, then, uh, I don't know, in the meantime, maybe the great and powerful Jay Hay will figure out how to put a T-shirt or a cactus on the Vesta board. But while he's figuring that out, I invite you, join us, tedcruzcom slash shop to buy really cool merch, you get 20% off if you use the promo code Santa at checkout. (laughs) That's actually pretty good.
1: This episode of Verdict with Ted Cruz is being brought to you by Jobs, Freedom, and Security PAC, a political action committee dedicated to supporting conservative causes, organizations, and candidates across the country. In 2022, Jobs, Freedom, and Security PAC plans to donate to conservative candidates running for Congress and help the Republican Party across the nation
0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW void We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
5: Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air?
0: For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel book on the app and you get double points.
5: Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air.
0: Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash
3: podcast. slash i heart